You are listening to Smaller on the Outside, the first, best, and only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our webpage at sotopodcast.wordpress.com. It's called the TARDIS. It can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. It is. Go on, say. Most people do. <laughs> Smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast. My name is Dave, and I am the Time Lord this evening, and with me as always is... Andy. Who is the companion. Today on Smaller on the Outside, we have a very special episode. Well, it's not all that special, but it is rather uh, a different kind of episode, I guess. (laughs) Over this past few weeks... My computer decided to um, stop working. Um, it's been giving me the quote-unquote blue screen of death um, this past few weeks, which is different for Windows 8, and uh, I can't get Windows to start. So I'm doing this over the phone. Andy here is recording the podcast. I have no idea how I'll get it out to you <laughs> because all the files that we have on it, you know, like the intro and and the music and and all that fun stuff are stored on my computer. We'll probably just have to edit it at a pretty basic way. Just kind of, it, it's just gonna be basically how it was recorded with you know edited down a little bit. It just won't be as nice of an episode as it usually is for now because we still have to get that computer fixed. Right, and I, I it's been dead for well, it's about a week now. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's been very difficult keeping track of TV, and, but so far I've been okay. Uh, today is Sunday, which means we're a day late with the podcast. And it may we may still be later because I have a lot of TV to watch tonight, so I won't be able to edit it right away either. So it's very, very difficult indeed. Um, but anyways, we're going to talk about the episode. Um, I don't think we had any comments this last week. I don't think anything like that. But you know, our numbers are still pretty going pretty strong as far as listeners. So, thanks for tuning in. So let's talk about the episode, which was titled "Mummy on the Orient Express." There were many trains to take the name Orient Express, but only one in space. Good morning, everyone. Your goal is to ascertain the foretold's true nature. I know exactly what this sounds like. Isn't this exciting? It's immortal, unstoppable, unkillable. Can we get a new expert? Those that bear the foretold's stare have 66 seconds to live. Stop the clock. All right. Mummies. Yes. Uh, don't think we really have had mummies before on the show. Uh, there have been mummies. They just not a big focus or anything. Not so well. Have the mummies in the past been so so much of a classic feel of them? No, they have not been that classic. But I believe they had some in the rings of. It says there was a mummy in the rings of Akaten. Uh, but there's like walking around in the background because it was a planet of like 
No, it was different. like one, one of those things that was attacking them when they got in the temple, I think. Hmm. Well, this one felt like uh, your basic classic mummy, you know, t- toilet paper wrapped around yourself a thousand <laughs> times kind of a thing. That's the kind of mummy we're talking about. We're talking about old movie kind of mummy. The whole, the whole episode actually had this old movie, classic movie kind of feel because it's the Orient Express. And this episode was basically, it has been three weeks since uh, the Doctor and Clara's big fight, and supposedly this was going to be their big last adventure. That was the idea. Yeah, that, that's the whole idea of this episode. They're going on this train called the Orient Express, except this is the Orient Express in space. Kind of like the Titanic in space. Yeah, and on the train there's like a bunch of these really famous or supposedly famous. I think I saw Einstein on there. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> Doctors and scientists. <laughs> it's funny. I thought I saw Einstein, but it, it's he wasn't even. He was just in the background, you know. He they never, we never actually. Him. We never were greeted. Where hey, I'm Einstein. Right. So that's just a theory. It could be some just old guy. However, the doctor has met Einstein before in the past. Just saying. Oh, has he? Old, the seventh older, doctor. Uh, show? The seventh doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the train is this mummy, who's more or less your basic Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. He walks up to people who are about to die, and as soon as he touches them, well, they die, and they have uh, 66 seconds. I had a theory. It never came out to, to happen in the episode, but I had a theory about what they could have done to, to avoid it. They they are normally they're kind of trying to run away from it or or back away or whatever and eventually after the sixty six seconds ends the mummy grabs them and they die right right well the doctor said later on he he says that the sixty six seconds is a very specific number and it happens every single time and so it it must be sixty six seconds for something to happen we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what I was thinking is, okay, so it has to be a specific 66 seconds. What if you run towards the mummy before the 66 yeah. seconds were over? What well, then? they kind of uh, <laughs> show what happens then, because there's that one guy who really doesn't back away, and he just kind of stands there and talks about it, and then the mummy disappears and shows up on the other side. Oh, really? I'm guessing that's what would keep happening, okay. is it would do that for the whole 66 seconds. Okay. But the reason, the whole reason with the 66 seconds, it wouldn't really make sense for you to have the energy to run towards the creature anyways. So it's kind of oh, like, Oh, okay, yeah, that's true, that's true. So doc- the Doctor and Clara are there because it's Clara's final adventure, it's her last hoorah, and what's going on is the Doctor was really there because he wanted to know what the big deal was, of course. So what happens is this, alright? In the beginning of the episode, they go into separate bedrooms of the train, and then they kind of get separated after that, because the doctor goes to find out more about this mummy whose other name, I guess, is known as the Foretold. It's a classic myth in space, apparently. Apparently, yes. <laughs> yeah, a classic um, myth, uh, space myth, yeah. And he knows, so, so much he knows that, you know, they got 66 seconds and that, according to the myth, there is a word or a phrase that will stop it. But they don't have any idea what his, that is because the whole thing has been going for over 5,000 years. They, no one has been able to stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. How could the myth have that to it 
because if anybody had ever stopped the mummy, it would have not existed anymore. Right, that doesn't make much <laughs> sense, I guess, uh, obviously, for the episode, it has to, you have to at least have a direction. What you're maybe maybe it was just a myth that there was a, a way to, to kill it, maybe nobody had actually ever been successful. Yeah. Well, anyways, when they get separated, Claire and, uh, what's her face, uh, the, uh, the woman in the beginning... When you saw this woman in the beginning, did you think that she looked familiar? No, not really. I don't I, when I was watching it, I was thinking it, that she was the actress who played Watson's wife in uh, Sherlock, but it's not. Ooh, I, che I checked oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think about that, that kind of she does look like I, I Mary. Checked, <laughs> I checked it. Yeah, I checked it out, and it's not. It's not. But uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. When I was watching. I was like, wait a minute, that looks like. I don't really know her name though. I I just refer to her as the Granny's granddaughter. Um, um from the see. beginning of the episode. Is it Maisie? Yeah, Maisie. Alright, well, Amazing Maisie. Well, she uh, she and Clara get stuck in this room that has a sarcophagus, otherwise known as a coffin, which starts to randomly begin opening, and we first think that they're all going to die, a mummy's going to come out of it. There's not a mummy inside. In instead, there's like a bunch of red lights. Um, so it's kind of like this digital coffin, basically. And it kind of signals the mummy to show up somewhere else in the train. The doctor realizes that the train is filled with these brilliant scientists and doctors simply because whoever it is that orchestrated the whole thing wants them to study and understand this foretold thing in order to stop it. And it was orchestrated by the computer on board. How? Oh, I'm sorry. Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So the next victim is claimed. There's a whole bunch of people, people, people dying on this thing, but the do, at this point the doctor's studying the guy's reactions, trying to get him to tell him everything he knows about the foretold, what it looks like, that it basically looks like a mummy, and this whole scene is kind of like geared towards you know the doctor doesn't really care that the guy's dying. He wants to know more about the foretold. He's like, am I am I going to die? He's like, well yeah, but just tell me more about this mummy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when they find out that, yeah, the mummy is trying to target weak people first. Ill people, old people, people, you know... Psychological problems. Consumed, yeah, consumed with worry and stuff like that, which means that the next victim would be that the granny's granddaughter. Now we are back with uh, Clara Starry. And she's the next victim because she's had a really bad day, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so she's got problems. So she's the next and the doctor tells Clara to lie to this woman in order for her to come to the same train car as the doctor in order to examine her as she dies. <laughs> and this gets Clara really upset again. Didn't Danny say something about if the doctor makes you do something that you don't... It's sort, it's sort of like last episode as well, but... Yeah, she has to now lie for the doctor. Yeah. For his gain, and it's something that she doesn't want to do. And she's kind of. She looks over there and she says, "He's gonna save you," even though she knows very well that the doctor is planning, or well, it seems like the doctor is just planning to examine her death. Yep. Uh, but that takes her out of there, and so what happens is she doesn't die. The doctor like scans her. He scans her grief, fear, anxiety, and all that into this little machine that he inserts into himself, uh, which is funny because he kind of has a little bit of her memories. It's like, that thing about your father? Oh, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and 
you were worried about her poisoning you. It's true, she was going to. And blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and then he looks at the mummy, and he's like, ah, I will be your next victim today. Are you my mummy? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Are you my mummy? Clear reference. Clear reference. And speaking of references, earlier in the episode, the doctor was trying to figure out what the mummy was when he had first heard yeah. the story. He was talking to himself in his room, and when he was talking to himself, one of his voices was um, mimicking the fourth doctor's voice. Oh, really? Because I found it very fascinating, that scene. It was like Smeagol. He was talking to himself. Yeah, and the other voice that he had was, was basically Tom Baker's voice. And also, uh, when he meets that expert guy, he offers him a jelly baby. That's another thing that the fourth doctor did. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, the thing about that scene specifically, I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, he was talking something about, oh, I'm 99% sure. Oh, are you sure? 99 is a high number. Oh, okay, fine, 75. Oh, now nah, you just dropped a whole bunch. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Is this filler or is this, like, seriously important and we're just not to find out yet or something? Well, he when he was saying that, he was saying he was 99% sure she just died because she was old. And then he's kind of becoming less and less sure. And then he started thinking about the foretold, basically. Alright. Anyways, he examines this mummy. He's about to die. And he finds out through quick deduction. He's like Sherlock at this point, And he finds out <laughs> that it's actually a soldier. And figures out the phrase that they've been looking for the whole time was, quote-unquote, we surrender, and it falls away. And then their problems are pretty much over. But before I go on, that's another reference to a soldier. theme of soldier. Yeah, so so I think uh, this episode it has two things that are important for the for the season, and that's the soldier. That it was a very small reference, but it was there. Talking, and basically the doctor commanded the soldier, you know, to stop fighting because they were surrendering. And also the thing with Clara and the uh, not being happy with the doctor uh, and the doctor being kind of rude and and stuff like that. That that theme was in there as well. Right. So. Gus, the computer, thanks them for their efforts in figuring out the secret of the foretold before blowing up the train. Yeah, he blows up the train because he doesn't need survivors anymore. They're like, okay, we got the data. I'm good. Now you can all die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess before he blows up the train, the doctor finds... He, he lets them all suffocate and only saves Clara, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Now, he, he has this transporter that was actually in the mummy, and he kind of reconfigures it to transport them all into the TARDIS, and then, and then he takes them to the closest habitable planet, I guess. Or at least that's my cover story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, there was a deleted scene that wasn't shown that the Maisie... Um, yeah, she, she said that um, when the doctor took out all those psychological traumas, that he took them out forever. She no longer has them at all. So that was a permanent thing. Yeah, the, well, I guess what we forgot to mention was that the 66 seconds was the like exact time it would take to completely take the energy out of somebody. Right, it, it, was, a, it, it was a mechanical thing, I guess. Yeah. On Reddit yesterday, there was an AMA with the writer of this episode, and he's also writing the next episode. Well, he wrote it. He is not currently writing it. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh, man, he better finish quick. <laughs> anyway, he said when he was writing this episode, he was writing it before he had ever known that Peter Capaldi was going to be the next Doctor. So he was basically oh, really? writing it with Matt Smith in mind, 
And then when that's when he was kind of writing the outline for it. And then when he was told about Peter Capaldi, he said that Stephen Moffat gave him kind of an idea of what this next Doctor was going to be about. And then when he went to go rewrite his episode, he kind of did it within the mind of of the Doctor sort of being like Doctor House. Huh. So kind of rude, you know, kind of... Uh, sarcastic. Sarcastic, yeah. That, that kind of... I think person... he even called somebody an idiot, too, so there's that. Did he? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, see, this is interesting because... Uh, last year or the year before that, I suggested that um, if we're going to get another doctor, first of all, I said I think he should be older. We did get that. And second of all, I said I think Hugh Laurie would be a good choice. Yeah, Hugh Laurie would be a great choice for the doctor. Yeah, I said Hugh Laurie would have been a good choice. So that I, th- I think that's interesting that Stephen Moffat kind of based his decision on sort of a Doctor House type doctor. So I guess that's the doctor's name, the secret. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh... House. Is House Greg House? Yes, Gregory House, <laughs> Doctor Gregory House. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So there you go. Actually, no, that's a pretty good definition for this doctor, I think. Yeah, I think so. I never because, even I never thought about it that way, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, Doctor House, a lot of the time doesn't so much care about people's lives while he wants to He's, get down to business and yep. figure. The mystery out. That's exactly right. The mystery is more important to the house than the people involved in it, basically. Well, that's also very funny because Dr. House is kind of, you know, based off of Sherlock, and who better to write about a new doctor than the guy who also spends time working on Sherlock? Exactly. And I believe they're they're writing the uh, next season of Sherlock right now, by the way. Ah, uh, yes, but we won't see it for a good long while. We won't see it for another, more than another year. It'll be a, uh, a year from this Christmas, basically, is, is when the next episode of Sherlock comes back. Well, anyways, at the very end of this episode, Clara, on a surprising twist, finally decides to stay put where she is because she's addicted to the rush of time-traveling adventures. They had this uh, talk she, about... Well, is, yeah... It, Earlier in the episode, when they were talking about, oh, our big, last big hurrah, she says, oh, I mean, it's not like we're never going to see each other again. And he's like, isn't it? And so basically, <laughs> he, when he leaves people on Earth, he doesn't really visit them. Uh, the only exception is obviously Sarah Jane, but he didn't really visit her. She visited him in a sort of way. Right. So, But then again, she knows the number to his TARDIS. <laughs> He could change it. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll just change it. He'll get a telephone operator. Yeah. Uh, there. That also made me question and while I was watching. I'm like, if she can call the TARDIS, would it ring throughout space and time for every single doctor? Or is it is it somehow tied it's linked to... linked to her timeline, probably. That's usually how those yeah. things work. Uh, I was going to think, because if, if you're calling a time machine, how exactly does that work? Anyways, yeah, they were talking about addiction at the very end, that last scene, with the doctor. She asked him, are you addicted to it? And he's like, well, in order for that to be true, you'd have to try to leave it. And he tells her, so tell me how that goes. And then she suddenly, she's like, you know what, Mr. Pink, Danny Pink, he's fine with everything. He's fine with she, me being she here. Blames you know, it, she blames it on him. She's, she's saying that it was... It was Danny's, uh, like, she, she was just following Danny's lead, that that's why she got angry at the doctor, that's why she wanted to uh, That's quit. probably partially true. It, I he don't probably think... opened her eyes a little bit more, but... Maybe, yeah. 
maybe, but it was really her decision. It wasn't really Danny's decision in the first place. But the fact was, at this point, she she lied. She lied about how Danny Pink feels, mm-hmm. and that he, she said, it's fine, let's keep on going on adventures. But And then that's how the episode ends, so now we have to figure out, geez, you know, how's Danny really going to feel about that? Are they going to, like, break up, or, or is he going to join the TARDIS? Is the Doctor and him going to have more anger issues? Well, the thing is, Danny didn't seem... I don't know if he was angry, because he seemed okay with her being there. I think, on the phone call? What what was that phone call about? What did he say? Well, he was at the very end? Yeah. He's like, so it's all over then? Yeah. And what she says is more along the lines of, oh, yeah, mission accomplished. Instead of, you know, I'm done with the doctor, this was our last hurrah, now I'm out. It was more like mission accomplished. And what he was probably asking is, are you done done? Right. And his his whole demeanor about everything to me is very relaxed and laid back, which is weird because in the beginning it was like really super mad. Yeah, it, he's, he's, he's confusing. <laughs> he's like, the whole time he's just sprayed out on a bed, he's like, man, that sounds like fun. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't quite understand what his position was on this issue. So I I don't think he was he wanted her to keep going, but I don't know if he would be mad about it. I think he more along the lines of getting mad because once he finds out, and that's when he's probably going to go on red alert. Um, but right now he kind of had faith in her and saying, okay, okay, you can go. Uh, on his last hurrah, mm, and uh, we can talk about it. You know, you can call me anytime. Just have fun. You know, I'll see you later. La la la. But now she kind of went a little crazy because she's the doctor's companion. She has to stick around instead of you know the engineer from the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess the guy, the guy who did that scene, he's kind of a big fan of Doctor Who, and he was kind of upset that he had to turn the doctor down. <laughs> Right, exactly. But so the real questions we have going in, I guess, are what's going on with Heaven? I, I thought we would see Heaven because of all the people dying. The guy who wrote the episode said he considers his episodes pretty much self-contained. I do think they have a good sense of overall um, story to them. They are connected to the rest of the season, but for the most part, they aren't hugely connected. So. I don't know. If I actually, we're thought that that they'd go into the heaven route a little bit more because um, the people dying are dying in an energy-related fashion, and that seems to be kind of the theme of those deaths. Yeah. But that had nothing to do with this episode, and for the most part, it felt like a very natural, very classic Doctor Who kind of a episode. Mm-hmm. Probably the most normal out of the bunch. Not too bad. Not also not nothing special. Amazing, amazing either. It's important in the sense that Clara decides to stay. Yeah, but I but mean, it is also yeah. it's it's a solid episode, I think. Yeah, but yeah, the only real serious thing that happened for the episode was probably Clara deciding to stay. That was the main point of the episode. Pretty much. But other than that, we are out of time, I guess. Yes, we are. It was a short episode. But usually when we uh, we edit these episodes, I don't think this is really editable anyways. I think it's a good straight-through 
episode. So we'll, we'll catch you next time <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Smaller on the uh, Outside. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on anything you would like to subscribe to it on Automatic, Stitcher, iTunes, or you can follow us on WordPress, Soto Podcast at WordPress.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, and all those fun, fancy sites. And we'll catch you next week, probably. Hopefully, we have a fixed computer next week, maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, <laughs> but if not, it'll be. It might be another short one like this, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. So, we'll see you next week. Peace yeah. out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Smaller on the Outside. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our webpage at sotopodcast.wordpress.com.